Hey everyone, Justin here. Um, originally, I wasn't going to schedule an episode uh, this week, but after recent events where Ithaca College decided to cancel their Master of Music uh, program, I thought it would be great to talk to somebody uh, about it and see kind of how they're feeling. Um, so I talked to my friend Dan Savret. He's a percussionist at UT, um, and it was great talking with him. He provided a lot of good insight, and we just kind of talked about um, precedent of what this means for other universities. Hopefully that they don't, they don't do this. We talk about some schools that have already started to do stuff like this in the past. Then Dan at the end gives a little shout out to his girlfriend. And so, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Um, I hope you all enjoy it. All right, here's the episode. What's up, Dan? Hey, man. Um, this is a, a bonus episode of the show here where um, me and Dan, my buddy from UT, are going to actually talk about something kind of fucked up that's going on right now in the music world. Um, and there's been like, there was talk of it, I think. Like, yeah, yeah, there was mumblings of it. Yeah, there was definitely mumblings of, of what was going to happen. And then I think everybody kind of thought like, oh, yeah, uh, that's not going to happen. Is that about right? Yeah, well, it, it was less of like, man, I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen. It was more like, dude, please, <laughs> like Ithaca, please don't just don't. <laughs> so it was more of like, oh, shit, this can really happen. But please do not let it happen. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Ithaca College in New York is thinking of or is it th are they thinking of it or are they did they recommend that they do this or like what exactly? Well, it, it was announced uh, today, I think. I think it was today that the article released um, in the Ithacan that they were uh, that they are confirmed cutting all master's programs from the school of music by what year did they give a time frame effective immediately but if uh, if you are there currently as a master's student you basically just finish your degree and then like they're just not bringing any more masters in so at one at one point there's going to be one single master's student in that school <laughs> Dude, that is crazy. Holy shit. Wait a second. So how how can they do that? Like university decisions take so long to kind of get into into motion. And this is just going to happen immediately. Like, how is that possible? Well, that's just like that's sort of the speculation. Um, so uh, we don't have a lot of funding. So now we have to cut these programs. Oh, man, how could how could a virus do this? Blah, blah, blah. But I don't buy it. Got you. So they're using the the pandemic to kind of as like a crutch, like, oh, it's the pandemic's fault and blah, blah, blah. But in reality, they've been wanting to cut it for a while, it seems like. Uh, I imagine. I imagine so. Yeah. I mean, let me find this. Uh, let me find the article and pull it up. There's a, there's a few interesting things that they say in it um, that I sort of wanted to talk about. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I saw that article, the, the one you shared on Facebook earlier, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. They, they had they released a statement on why they were cutting it. And it's just so scummy. 
it's ridiculous. So here it says, uh, in describing the rationale for cutting the graduate programs, the shape of the college document created by the APPIC states, we have recommended discontinuance of some programs which have constantly not generated net income. Gotcha. So they're saying essentially that the master's program isn't bringing in enough money and so that it needs to be canceled. Yeah, exactly. Which is just horrible. <laughs> like, okay, I get it. I get it. Like college is a business. You own a college, you want to make money, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But like the, to cut programs from the music school is just such a slap in the face to where Ithaca started, like how Ithaca was created. Wasn't it created as a music school? In 1892. Yeah, it was a music conservatory. Wow. So yeah, if that's not an example of how college is a business and also how you can stray so far from your roots. I mean, shit, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's really, it's, it's no longer, it's no longer Ithaca. Like to me, Ithaca is like, like there's, there's the heart, which is the school of music, you know, where the foundation was and then everything around it is just like, great it's you know consequential and when you take away the music part of that then you know you're taking away the heart of the college and like what it what it stands for you know so yeah and it seems like you know it's so crazy to me that i read that article that you posted and what they were saying was like you know it's not it's only generating this much amount of money and it's it's not generating enough income but some of the testimony in there from students was like oh you know the graduate program is a mentorship to the undergrads like that's a really crucial link that you know i know that some people have not good experience with graduate students when they're undergrads <laughs> you know i i definitely was one of those people we won't name names <laughs> no. but i think we were all kind of in that boat at some point mm -hmm. however i mean i that is totally minuscule to the amount that i've learned from graduate students that i've that i worked with while i was an undergrad like i can't tell you how much um i learned that i didn't even know was possible and you know especially coming from ithaca i think what's interesting and why i wanted to talk to you about this was you did your undergrad at ithaca right and you studied you were able to study with gordon stout as one of his last students mm -hmm. and so i think we should talk about this legacy that they're really kind of you know chopping off i mean i know gordon stout is retired and you know the amazing mike truesdale has taken over but you know, Ithaca was once like the place to go for the for percussionists, you know, wanting to study marimba. And so why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, Gordon, Gordon showed up to Ithaca College in 1980, and then retired in 2019. Uh, after after our class had graduated. Uh, I was the last class to have all four years with him, which was really awesome. And that's, you know, something like I, I said it, I, I replied to him on uh, Facebook. And I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, just to be, you know, the last class that had you all four years is just like something that I'll, I'll always hold on to. 
and will always be special to me. Um, but yeah, he's just like a powerhouse of a man, a player and a comp and a composer. I always described like other, other musicians who like aren't percussionists. I sort of just say that like Gordon Stout is kind of like the Tony Hawk of marimba, you know, like everyone in the scene knows him. And there are a lot of people outside of the scene that know him. And he just sort of like jettisoned the, the craft, you know, and was really a, a guiding force through all of that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember, I don't know if you were there, but PASIC 2016, man, when he just went up there and I was up on oh, stage. Man, he, yeah, up on yeah. Stage. He brought, he had brought all of his students up there. He said, I want all of them, you know, keep in mind, this is like a showcase concert. Like he was just supposed to go up and play Autumn Island, which I mean, in itself is absolutely amazing because that piece is a yeah, bitch. Yeah, it's crazy, I mean, dude. It's one of the. <laughs> It's one of the best, the best and hardest pieces us percussionists and marimbas have in the rep. But, you know, he goes up there and he's just like, all right, I want all my students to come up here. And then he like starts talking about because this was right after yep. the election of, of Trump. And he just went no hesitation, went to town off of it. And you could tell that those execs at PASIC were getting really nervous, but he didn't care. He was like, I have a platform and I'm gonna use it. And I remember that's when I was like, wow, like I don't know him personally. And I, I really don't know him personally. I've met him once, but um, he just always seemed like a very passionate and compassionate person. And, you know, our teacher studied with him, you know, uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Burrett. And so we, there's like a long lineage and I just feel like, you know, th there's just so much that's going to be lost with this master of program thing, master of music, uh, program being cut. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, you, you sort of mentioned it before, like this sense of like community and how it's like filled out like so perfectly with these, uh, master's students, it's you know, some of the some of the most crucial like things that you can learn from going to college and studying music are from other students, you know, especially ones who have been through it already. You know, I, I remember, I remember like, working on some piece of God, I can't remember what it is. But I asked one of the master students to come and listen to me play. Uh, his name is uh, Hero, uh, Hero, uh, uh, God, I, I can't remember his last name now, but <laughs> it's, been, it's been so long. I haven't talked to him in forever, but he's an awesome, awesome, um, percussionist. He's the, he's the one of the halves of East Hama, which is Lindsay oh, Easton. Yeah. 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 They're awesome. Man. They're That's so cool. good. Yeah. Yeah. I was fortunate enough to, you know, go to Ithaca when the two of them were studying with Gordon and, just seeing all the cool stuff that they did. But like every now and again, you know, I'd, I'd like grab Hero or I'd grab Lindsay and I'd be like, listen to me play this thing. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. And like so, some of the things that they would say would sometimes just be like the most metaphysical like comments ever. And some of the most <laughs> metaphysical advice that you could ever get. Like I remember playing through like a role section 
and I'm like, ah, oh, God, I, I like, I just can't get like the top voice, like the melody. I can't get it to just like shine through the harmony. And uh, Lindsay, she's she's really into this uh, concept of grounding, and she's like, okay, plant your feet. Imagine that your weight is pulling you through the floor, and now just like shift your weight over to the side where you want like the mallet to come out. And I was like, okay, I'm like, I don't know what this is going to do, but sure. And I do it. And it's like night and day. I'm like, what the hell? What happened? Like, I just, I, I, I stood here, which I've already been doing, except now I'm just leaning. Like, <laughs> it's just, just those like little things, you know, are just so important and have influenced my playing so much, you know? Yeah. And I mean, same here, man. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a practice room and then, you know, somebody like, you know, you know, Corey Fika or Diana Loomer would just come in and be like, I mean, it would mainly be Corey, like, sup, brah, what are you doing? And he would come into the room <laughs> and, and uh, he'd be like, hey, you want to hear me like run through velocities and Ribon B real quick? Like, he's just casually just throwing down this rep because Corey's a really good player and I'd be like like little freshman me I remember was, was just like holy shit like I could learn a lot from this guy and over the years like I did you know like he would always listen to me play and I just learned so much about relaxations uh, especially from him and then Diana I mean we don't even need to talk about <laughs> speaks for how itself yeah, how much of a badass she is. I mean, I learned so much about timpani and like what the timpani could do. Like, you know, when she played Moonlight Sonata, fucking Moonlight Sonata, no accompaniment, <laughs> played the whole first movement on five timpani. Okay, I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, she had the five timpani plus a pianist was accompanying her. No, I dead ass mean no accompaniment. She played the whole damn thing on just drums. That was. <laughs> one of the most intense and memorable moments of my life that's so funny yeah beethoven beethoven wrote uh you know symphony nine and <laughs> and was like yeah this is gonna be the hardest timpani shit anyone's ever gonna do yeah good luck topping this <laughs> and diana said hold my beer um, <laughs> but for real i mean there there's so many things i could go on and on and on about the great percussion grad students that I've worked with that have just taught me like so much of what I know, like so much of what I know wouldn't be uh, so much of the player that I am would not be there if it weren't for grad students that have helped me. And so I think we've established that this is something that's important, right? Like students learn from other students just as much as they learn from their professors. So my question is, do you think that this is going to start setting a precedent? Like, are other schools going to see this and be like, oh, well, shit, like, our ma we're not getting a lot of master's students. Like, let's just, you know, destroy the program. And, you know, I want to hear your thoughts on this, but I also have something that I want to say, too. Okay. Um, well, I mean, first of all, I surely hope that this doesn't become a model <laughs> for universities and everything. Uh, I certainly, I think if, if other schools look at Ithaca as an example of ways to, you know, cut some corners and, you know, chop off, chop off the dead limbs, 
they're at the front of it. It may look like that's that's a great idea, but I think what you're going to see is a tremendous decline in in the school of music, like as a whole. I think you're going to see professors leaving. Uh, you're going to see low enrollments. Um, people people are probably already transferring or thinking about transferring to other schools. Yeah, undergrad and grad too. Or, well, of course, grad will finish maybe, but the undergrads <laughs> too, because what this does, and I think this is what you're getting at, is it creates an incomplete program. Like you don't have a full program for anybody now, for undergrads, for grads, for I don't know if there was artist diplomas, but like, you know, there, nobody has a full program now because why as an undergraduate student, would you go somewhere? I mean, Oberlin is like a special case, like where, mm. where, where they only have like undergrads in their music school, but they were like built for that. But, yeah. you know, if you, I think there's probably a lot of people that will, that go to Ithaca and maybe want to just stay there for their master's. And if they know that they can't do that, it's going to just draw students away. It's going to take them away from the school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, plenty, plenty of people stay at Ithaca for their master's after their undergrad. And yeah, it's just it's terrible to see them take this away. I just I just don't think Ithaca completely understands how much of an impact this is making, you know, and this, and it has ripples, you know, it has ripples that affect people who don't even go to Ithaca anymore. You know, this affects me. I worry now that, you know, a few years down the road, once Ithaca completely, you know, implodes on itself and loses all of its music credibility, that when I'm trying to apply for jobs, um, or, or other like gigs or something like that. People will see on my resume, you know, oh, you went to Ithaca? Like, like, uh, that's like a, it's kind of a weird school. That's a weird school to go to. Like, you know, and, the, and it's just weird. Yeah. And that's a really great point. Like it has such a huge ripple effect. Like people are going to see that and be like Ithaca. And then you're going to have to be like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I went there when it was like stout program. era. <laughs> yeah. And then they're going to, but they're, it's in their mind already it's in their yeah. mind that like oh mm -hmm. ithaca this like there's this world the music world specifically is so finicky and judgmental that like it that once they see ithaca on your on your resume it's already like first impression like with yeah what yeah they know about ithaca and so i get what you're saying like it has such a ripple effect for everybody it just totally like devalues the degree to a certain point it really does. And like a degree that I, that I'm like really proud of. And I, you know, you worked hard for. Yeah. Yeah. So happy to have gone to Ithaca and I still, you know, cherish the time that I was at Ithaca and I really loved it. It's just, you know, right now I'm just so disappointed in it. And ever since, ever since I left or I, <laughs> I shouldn't make this a me thing ever since the class of 2019 left, it's just, it's been one thing after another. I mean, like major professors, like big powerhouses, like in the industry, people who like Ithaca College, uh, Wayland School of Music had on display, like, look, we got this person. We got this person, come here. Like they're leaving. Uh, they were 
before before they cut all the master's programs, there was there was a lot of talk of, um, you know, cutting a lot of, uh, uh, what what do they call them? Um, not tenured professors, but uh, the other ones, the the non tenured adjunct and adjunct. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. They were talking about cutting a bunch of those, and. That was like that was like the first one that like really pissed me off because you know at Ithaca there was there was Gordon Stout who was really doing like you know marimba and like other percussion things I guess sometimes but mostly marimba and percussion and uh, upper gra- uh, upperclassman percussion ensemble and then you had Conrad Alexander who was doing the undergrad uh, stuff and doing more of like the orchestral side of things and he's just like he's so great he's just like the sweetest guy ever uh just i can't think of anyone better (laughs) than that man and when they were like announcing all these cuts all these like adjunct professor cuts like in the midst of that they were like oh yeah i think we should add another like percussion professor spot and so Conrad was like, oh, well, I'm going to apply for that. And like, because he's been adjunct the whole time he's been there, like for like close to 20 years, if not more. And he applied for it and they didn't give it to him. And it's just like, dude, come on. Like this guy has been working here, been a part of the community, been shaping, uh, you know, a notable alumni throughout his time. And like, you can't can't throw the guy a bone you know like yeah that's that oh man that must have been awful yeah i've i've heard people talk about conrad that he's just really nice really helpful um and that sucks and yeah i just think also like it's just really not fair (laughs) you know like this whole thing's just really not fair covid and all this and then now it's like you might imagine being a master's student there like about to finish knowing like oh well i mean am i gonna even get good like imagine being a one of the last master's students because at least you'll have an undergrad degree but imagine having a grad degree now from ithaca and Mm -hmm. that must like really feel like your degree is just devalued but what i was gonna say is um i know some schools um that I had so I went to Lynn before I went to Colburn you know mm-hmm. I had I yeah. had I, lo- I loved my time there you know I met great people and Florida's awesome but I noticed they they had before Ithaca announced all of this they had decided to cut their graduate their graduate housing so they would house undergrads and graduates um in the dorms and oh yeah and so but it was basically free i mean for everybody so it was like this the tuition is free at lynn and they had tried to make it to where the housing was free but they decided to cut the housing for grads and it's lynn is in boca raton like that is like one of the most wealthy areas of south florida (laughs) it's incredibly hard to find housing there and so that kind of alienated a lot of their grad students but in a different way it they didn't say like we're not going to take grads anymore they just said hey good luck you're on your own we're not going to help you (laughs) either and so it's it's kind of like i it's weird to see this 
with Ithaca and then that thing with Lynn. And, you know, it's just kind of makes me wonder, like, what what is the future going to be like, you know, for schools like, you know, that have that try to put tuition free as like a an advantage of going there. Right. Like, are there are there, a lot of these places going to start like resigning money uh, that they've given or allotted for students to live or to have like cheap tuition? Because, I mean, it's going to affect the music world like uh people who wouldn't aren't able to pay you know like i wouldn't have been able to pay for music school if i didn't get a buttload of scholarships like w- what's gonna happen now you know it's oh like basically yeah. it's just basically saying like hey fuck you if you're poor sorry yeah it's a it's a pay to play that's exactly what college is anymore it's a pay to play like and that's just so frustrating you know there's there's there are way more people that can't afford college than people who can afford college. And when that's the case, like <laughs> that there's just something wrong there. You know, the supply and demand is not moving in the same direction. You know, it's just, uh, I hate it. I hate capitalism. I hate these old people who just decide things for us. God, I just want a, age cap on every job that has a little bit of responsibility <laughs> uh, dude uh you took the <laughs> words right out of my mouth i mean yeah like this it sucks that these it, they, we have no say in it also you know which is why you know i wanted i like this show because it kind of gives gives students a say like you can decide like oh i want to listen to this person's story and they'll have something interesting to say. And I know this is like kind of a one-off episode, but I just thought it was really good to talk about this because I mean, this is important. Like this is a real big, like red flag in our industry. And if you're not seeing it like that, it's like, Hey, you need to wake up, you need to open your eyes. Like there's going to be some cuts and some things that happen like this. This isn't going to be like a one-off thing. So yeah, man, I appreciate you coming down to talk about it, but absolutely uh, thanks for having me on of course i hope it just i don't know a small part of me is just like maybe they won't maybe they won't do it you know so i guess we'll see what happens man but thanks again for talking to me yeah absolutely and i'll give a i'll give a quick shout out to dana who's working out (laughs) working out that uh that cute little butt of hers. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, Dan. Yeah. Uh, and for context, that's uh, that's Dan's girlfriend. And uh, yes, that's my I, girlfriend. I'm not being creepy. I swear. <laughs> buddy of mine. Uh, yeah, from UT. She's at Rice now. So yeah. Hi, Dana. Um, all right. Well, Dan, it was great talking <laughs> to you, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Likewise. All right, man. You have a good day.